Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Italian Podcast for Chiropractors. It's Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I am joined again by lovely wife, uh, Brandy McDonald, and uh, we uh, are going to chew the fat over three frameworks of care, and we throw these words around quite frequently. Um, and it's funny because I don't think I was super clear on them either. And so um, we've been watching some more programs on this, uh, this trauma, uh, this trauma, Brandy will explain it better, her trauma certificate. She's just going through this program with her. And, uh, and so I'm like, we got to really break these down to make it more understandable because we often talk about trauma-informed care. And we also love talking about the polyvagal theory. And we also love talking about salutogenesis. Um, and they aren't the same, the total same thing. They have a lot of similarities, but they are different frameworks for care. And, uh, and so what I thought I just asked Brandy, if she'd come on today and just kind of help us define those three different things and, and then just talk about how, how chiropractic fits perfectly under like each one of these umbrellas and how we can kind of use some of these in our practice. So welcome to another episode, my dear. Thank you, honey. Glad awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's let's just first talk a little bit about uh, about those three different things. Like, because often with your Facebook posts, for those who follow Brandy on Facebook, she'll be she'll be throwing a lot of these words in all the time, um, and right. so you can kind of just kind of break them out a bit and maybe tell a little bit of the difference and some of the similarities. Well, I think. Um like the titles are like, can be confusing to people. Like, so if you're a super um, information oriented person, it takes five seconds to research this. Like it doesn't take a lot of time. The thing is then how is it relevant to practice? And so I think that um, a lot of people want to be salutogenic in their practice, but they don't really know what that means, or they want to use the polyvagal theory, but then they use it in a way that it actually is pathogenic. Right. So there's, these got the these three kind of frameworks or theories is what they, they're they're all really theories, um, just like everything is uh, proven with a lot of research, and then they become a framework, and then that framework then drives all of your procedures and how you work with people, and they're all really related, but they can also bang into one each other, bang into one another when they're not aligned, and that's more I would say often what I find in people's languaging and how they how they talk with people, even though they want to be or consider themselves um, particularly salutogenic or trauma informed. So let's just talk first about what trauma-informed means. Um, trauma-informed to me is actually the big umbrella that everything sits under when we work with humans. And um, unlike what popular opinion is, and a lot of chiropractors, because you, you are, I know here in Alberta, they are, they, uh, chiropractors have to take this course called a trauma-informed course, which just does a disservice to what trauma-informed care is, because it's basically a course that says, don't sexually abuse your patients, don't date your patients, don't be in a power position over your patients, 
and now you're trauma-informed. That is absolutely not what trauma-informed care is. So it's those sort of things. Trauma-informed is a systemic issue within a system of healthcare that most people don't understand. And so just because somebody takes a course doesn't mean they're trauma-informed, particularly that course. (laughs) So I want you to imagine that trauma-informed care started after the Vietnam War. And really, it started really specifically to PTSD. And I think people think that trauma-informed care means you need to be, you know, like, uh, uh, I have worked a lot in trauma in the past as a social worker. And I think people think that that's the world it lives in and it stays in. That if you work in mental health, if you work in social work, if you work in psychiatry, psychology, counseling, um, kids in care, right, protective care, uh, first responders, war veterans, that then you specifically as a practitioner work in trauma. And that is, that is because that's how it was founded, um, because it was founded working with vets post-Vietnam War who had PTSD and observing their way of navigating life post the war and research on how many times in the system that they would seek help or they would become re-traumatized. That by very virtue of the practitioners trying to help very traumatized vets, that not unknowingly would actually re-traumatize them both systemically, but also in their relationship with the practitioner. We have sort of elevated our understanding of trauma, I think, over the last 30 years, maybe, and over this last year of the pandemic. I think if this is going to be the I hate to say the buzzword, but I think it's going to be the buzzword post the pandemic, because what we've seen is we have seen, particularly in chiropractic, if you have not been aware of this, you are seeing traumatized people, whether you were not aware of that before, you need to be aware of that now. No matter where you are in the world and no matter how much you have been touched by it, it doesn't really matter. And that's where we'll talk about the polyvagal theory comes in because we co-regulate and we are connected humans and everything that happens to somebody, even if they're not in our house, happens to us to some level, happens to the body. So what we today know about trauma, I think you and I just already did a podcast on this, is trauma is not what happens to us. The second thing that happened with trauma-informed care that really confused people was the biggest research study ever done on trauma was something called Adverse Childhood Experience Study. And what they did is they looked at 17,000 adults and looked at how many adverse childhood events they had in their young lives. So as chiropractors, we know well that brain and nervous system are developing and it's growing and it's just just dripping in all the environmental feedback it's dripping in. The more adverse childhood events that somebody had, the lower their health outcomes were in adulthood. It was the largest study done to date. And there's an entire like um, uh, actually like program around it now um, because what they found is, and not, not just mental health issues, they found that we're talking health outcomes. So that should be really interesting to you as a chiropractor. And so obviously the more cumulative adverse childhood events that happened to somebody, the sicker they were. Basically, that's what the study said into adulthood. So now we extrapolate that. So those are the two things that happened where trauma-informed care became really, really popular, both on events themselves, war, adverse childhood events, not just Uh, Things like we would imagine, neglect, abandonment, abuse, which, of course, are the real obvious ones. There were other things that happened for children that really had nothing to do with events. 
the evolving science of trauma looks today at the fact that trauma really doesn't have to be an event. It is whatever happens that the body cannot make sense of it at the time. So it, and it's not, it's not what you would imagine. So we'll talk about how you re-traumatize people, but what, what it means is that something has happened. We don't necessarily know what the body stores it as a memory. That memory keeps replaying over and over in the physiology without context anymore. So it doesn't make sense. That's it. That's what trauma is. And so I just want you to think about all your people who just show up all of a sudden one day and they don't know what happened and has no context. And the more that we try to make context to it, here's the kicker, you actually re-traumatize somebody. Today, what trauma-informed care means this. It means that you create a system, a framework, an ideology, an understanding of how the body responds to life. And how it then speaks through, particularly chiropractic, speaks through the nervous system. And I talk about the polyvagal theory, how it speaks through the nervous system at you and to you as a chiropractor. That is not up to you as the practitioner to make sense of it. It is up to you to observe it and acknowledge it so that you can work alongside it. And trauma and a trauma-informed practitioner is one who does everything they can to not either systemically re-traumatize somebody or to personally in the relationship re-traumatize somebody. So there's two parts to trauma-informed care. And basically, the practitioner assumes most people have trauma, period. Well, that's kind of like what what, uh, subluxation is, right? That's uh, Subluxation means something comes into the body, whether it's physical, chemical, emotional, that the body can't handle at the moment. Then it just almost puts that imprint in the physiology. Well, totally does. That's exactly what it is. So one would wonder, the question is, is subluxation trauma, right? So in order to have that level of conversation with yourself, you have to reframe trauma and you actually, and to be a trauma-informed practitioner, you must understand that you are assuming most people have trauma. However, you are not a counselor and a psychologist and even trauma-informed counselor, psychologist, social workers, it is not the practitioner's job to determine if you think it's traumatic that re-traumatizes people. And so the, the reason I say most people are not trauma-informed by virtue of just trying to help. We actually re-traumatize people because we try to make them sort out why, why it happened. And we often remember it's it, it, the, the physiology and the neuro, neurological memory that creates that physiological output doesn't have a context. So the more that you push somebody to consciously consider a context, the more you re-traumatize the system. Now they feel stupid or they spend their time obsessing about it. We see a lot of health anxiety now because we have pushed people to the brink of trying to understand why the body is responding the way it is, where there's just a natural order to the body. And when you are trauma-informed, you just understand that natural order, which brings me to the polyvagal theory. So I would say... Probably most chiropractors are more familiar with the polyvagal theory than any other theory or framework. Hey, so Brian, just, yeah. just before, before you move forward, um, I just going to ask you a question. Um, in, in order to help with the trauma-informed, would, would you, you'd be helping them increase their sense of coherence? We'll get that's right, that's salutogenesis. So we'll get to, right, yeah, we'll get yeah, to right, coherence, right. which is, this is why they're all kind of married together. I know, that's so why I'm it's confusing. Trauma-informed is a framework that looks at your systems first, 
Do you have any systems in your office that would potentially traumatize a person? The number one system that you do in your office that re-traumatize people is you ask them to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over. You don't listen. So if you, we say this all the time to our chiropractors, if you gather information on an intake and then you ask the same damn questions again, and then your staff asks the same damn questions, and then you forget and you ask them again, I'm telling you that re-traumatizes people. So take it or leave it. But we know enough about what re-traumatizes people to know that that is one of them. People not feeling listened, people not being validated, you being in a position of power and exerting that power over people. There are certain things that you as a practitioner do and you as the systems in your office do that re-traumatize people. That is in a whole entire call on, on its own, but that's what it means to be trauma-informed and that you come from a place that you recognize that you assume most people have trauma. And it is not up to you to determine the trauma. It is not up to you to determine whether it is traumatizing. And it's also up to you to recognize your own trauma and not to put that onto somebody. That's trauma-informed care. But because we come from that understanding now, and we sort of have that global umbrella, we now look at what is the message through the nervous system. And this is why the polyvagal theory is intimately connected with trauma, adverse events, people's ability to cope. And so obviously this was Stephen Porges, who's a psychiatrist and a researcher and PhD. And it is really a theory and it's relatively new. It's 1994 is when he actually kind of came forth with this theory. And his story is super exciting that Don is going to get the opportunity to actually have him on this podcast. Yeah, we're just working on the details right now. I am not going to bastardize it on behalf of Stephen Porges because you will get your opportunity to listen to him on here. And he's obviously like, yeah, if you have ever even tried to read the book. I mean, it's, it's quite in depth. He actually has now, I think the pocket guide or the, like the working knowledge of, of the polyvagal theory as one of his books, you can become polyvagal informed through his programs, but really the, the, what, what the, the, the sort of quickest way to describe it is it's called the science of safety. That is what they call the polyvagal theory. And obviously he looks at the, he started looking at premature births and better, like which of these babies had better health outcomes based on their nervous system's interaction with the environment. So really the polyvagal theory is about the nervous system's interaction with the environment. This is why it is so perfectly positioned for chiropractic, because if you listen to him talk, you think he's a PhD in chiropractic, except it's more global. And similar idea, it is really how people cope through through this evolutionary system that the nervous system, with a specific uh, emphasis on the vagus nerve, with this evolutionary system of survival from obviously our sort of lowest level of conservation of energy, which we call the freeze state, to the mobilization state, which is fight or flight, to the, to the newest, most evolutionary system, which we call the safety and connection level, which is the ventral vagal state. And so the polyvagal theory is really understanding um, the, the window of tolerance people have to stay within this higher evolutionary state of connection and what takes them out of that and what keeps them patterned in certain states, which is really all about people's coping and resources. And in chiropractic, we know, we see it every day, uh, how to help reset, re, redo, re- interrupt, and remake new patterns in the nervous system so the nervous system interacts differently with the environment from a sense of it feeling safe. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's uh, anyway, yeah, we're super excited to have him on the podcast once we get a date figured out for that. 
The biggest thing about the polyvagal theory to understand is everything is involuntary. It is not something that people think about. And so what, what he's found, um, which really, really relates to, that's why he works a lot with trauma. What he's really found with, with trauma as well is to try to get people to consciously get better, right? Just consciously think about it or, or just do things differently doesn't really move the needle for people because this is an involuntary relationship between the nervous system, the brain sort of threat scanning system, and what what the clarity of that system is for what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And so that is why they're, the two are so intimately linked together. Well, I just think listening to uh, uh, Dr. Porges, even through those interviews that we were listening to on in your program, uh, mm-hmm. trauma-informed care, uh, it just relates his safety. It just relates to chiropractic's ease. And, and so, like you said, we don't have to necessarily understand the trauma or know what the trauma was that put them in a state of protection, but through the chiropractic adjustment. And that's why I think the art of chiropractic is so important because um, we need to be able to find an input into the nervous system that the body can handle that allows it to go into the safety response or allows to get into a state of ease. And, and that's why, like we say, all the techniques are great. Uh, you know, most people created techniques, chiropractic techniques, because they, you know, they learned a lot of different other techniques and then they integrate it into their own. But um, we talk about, uh, that's why we always talk about, we have rapport with people, you get tissue rapport uh, when you're adjusting. And the whole goal of an adjustment is when they leave, they're in a greater state of ease um, than they came in. And that needs to be repeated over and over again, because as we say, as they say, safety is the treatment or in our case ease is the environment of healing and um like i was telling i think it was a a practice member yesterday saying we need you because this this practice member has a lot of problems with digestive issues where he's like can't even eat and they're thinking of taking out all his intestines and uh, like they said like he has basically like chafe like chafing and polyps so bad that everything bleeds all through his digestive system. So it's just almost like, I think like it'd be octopus arms. That's what it looks like. It's just gnarly. And so we said, we we need to get your body in a state of ease long enough so that even has an opportunity to start healing. Like, Mm -hmm. like just even to start even the possibility. But if someone is in a total state of protection and lockdown, like they're just toast, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Right. You don't, you're not in that that healing state when you're in that protective state. And I think the global, um, the globalness of these theories um, and the research done to support them. And there's tons of research to, to support them. Obviously a theory becomes reality when tons of research show that, it, that yeah, this is just kind of a biological hierarchy works so well for chiropractic in, in our model because it, it's evolving it's, it's evolving our um, really ideology about chiropractic for the public because really we're not, we're still even heavily embedded in the fact that even the adjustment, the adjustment heals people. I see this all the time with people. They say, they say that, or it heals an end organ or it uh, heals their pain. It doesn't do any of that at all. It, what it does, particularly if you live in, a, in the, the framework of the states of these nervous systems, it, or the state of the nervous system, these three states, is it really creates a larger window of tolerance for the system. So the longer a nervous system can interpret safety, it's going to reorganize the energy differently in the body. 
And that's, that's not even quackery. That's just biology. And so, you know, but, but people don't people. And, and so just to have people kind of talk about their experience, and this is where we love personal development, but over the years, we've just really observed, even with the chiropractors we work with, that's not enough actually. So people have got to be come back into their bodies and the more dissociated they are from the body, because that's what happens over time when the body just can't make sense of things anymore. The, the brain just like, just, you'll see this in your office. It just kind of splits from the body and that's why they have no body awareness. And so that's the interceptive sense that really dials down that interceptive sense is not only the internal body awareness that somebody has, it's also their awareness of self. So he's found that not only does somebody not be able to know what it feels like to be in their body, they don't know what it feels like to be themselves because they've, they've only ever been in either a heavy mobilization state or at the far end of that, what happens is now they start shutting things down because they have to conserve their energy. Why? Because we get to keep moving through time and space. And so when you globally observe somebody, you start to see their bodies differently through these lenses. And I think that is going to be the future of healthcare, not disease care, not disease detecting and not sick care, but the future of healthcare. And it would be nice if chiropractic could take a larger leadership role in that will be not just to see people as um, physically and tissue wise healing because health is beyond what somebody expresses as symptomatology or does not. It has to do with their lives, their environment, their connections with people, the way they engage in life. That's actually what health is. And so that global understanding of somebody beyond just symptomatology or tissue healing um, is really going to evolve, I think, our next stage of healthcare, particularly after this last year and a half. And it would be great if chiropractors could really grab onto that model because there's not going to be anybody else who has such a powerful, such a quick, powerful and quick, by the way, fast. You can do this faster than mindfulness. You can do this faster than yoga. You can do it faster than, um, you know, counseling. You do it freaking a second. A chiropractic adjustment immediately shocks a system into a moment. And there's like, oh, there's nothing else that works that fast. So we're so far behind in chiropractic and doing this kind of research because we don't really own these frameworks, but they're beautifully positioned for us to, to look at that. And anecdotally, every day in our office, we, most of us don't need the research. We already know it. We see it every day. We just own the language for it. So this is just giving a framework and a language for it. Well, and this reminds me of like um, back when we first started going to like Parker seminars and you started hearing like Jim Sigafoos and stuff talk about like how making chiropractic so simplistic. Yeah, it was so quick. And the funny thing is, is that um, they didn't need to have a huge amount of scripts and a whole bunch of information, a whole bunch of information, because they just knew they didn't have the language. And and they probably thought the mechanism, maybe the meaning of the way it worked was different. But the end result was still exactly the same. And so I think the the ironic thing is that as research has developed more, we've, we've said, okay, yes, in our model, we do need more, more research, but then we get more heady. And so we, yeah. we just finished our day one, day two virtual event, which uh, soon will be available on our website uh, for people to get. Um, and the biggest thing I think that kind of shocked chiropractors was how much they weren't listening and, right. and how much they're focusing on giving them the information, making sure they got it, 
like the major yeah. the practice member got it and we actually sh- changed the whole framework so no did you get it <laughs> yeah did you get the person because that's actually the most important part is reversing the roles and you understanding them and actually spending most of the time understanding where they're at and then it is easy because all all we have to do is continually to get them in a state of ease which is immediate ease after adjustment and see them enough times and enough frequency to create more sustained ease yes and which is our which is a shift languaging which is funny because when we created vitality shift we didn't even really use these frameworks as much as we're using now so i think it's always been there the language is a little bit different and the evolution is a little bit different but like if you would have told us 10 years ago don't have a patient education program in your office would have been like uh, what no, no, on visit six, they get this. At 12, they get this. At 18, they get this. They get a video. Like, and, and it wasn't really until I started kind of pulling out of, of hats. Like, you know what? People don't actually have not heard a thing we've said. <laughs> they don't actually get it at all. So then what are we really actually doing? And actually in trauma-informed care, you actually are really careful about that because the more you push the fact that you think they need to get it, the more you traumatize people. Because mm-hmm. it is about you getting it as the practitioner. It ain't about them getting it as a practitioner. And then it is about you observing the times and spaces where they're available to you. And that is not necessarily at visit six. It is not necessarily at a report of findings. It is not even at visit 21, which if that hits up against a belief system for you, a lot of you, that's going to find, you're going to find that incredibly distressing to hear that from me, as I would have heard that distressing 10 years ago. Um, However, this is just information. And the more you know, either you keep doing the same thing, which is totally free will, and you can decide to do that, or you start to really dig into this stuff and realize that we're quite inflexible in chiropractic. And that inflexibility actually creates more damage for our people than the very reason we're trying to help them. And every chiropractor I know, regardless of what the brand they're in, is trying to help somebody. So curiosity is your best friend when something bangs up against your belief system and you feel like you want to defend yourself, just stay curious because it is that level of curiosity for us. That is just, we're not even the same people we were two years ago and we won't be the same people two years from now in practice because we've been curious. So that's just that curiosity keeps that defense system down. When I think as a chiropractor and I found this too, and it's funny as we were working through the material for our day one, day two, even as you and me were talking, I was banging up against stuff too, because like automatically when you hear something different than you've always done before, you think you did something wrong or, or how do I fix it? And, and to realize that no matter what, it's always your intent. So you're always trying to do the best job you can. And, and when you hear there's a different way that might be totally opposite of what you've done in the past, it doesn't mean that you were, that you're wrong or did incorrect things because that's just the way it is. But our goal, I think, as chiropractors is to try to keep our window of tolerance wide because mm-hmm. we're trying to help our practice members improve their window of tolerance. And we have a narrow window of tolerance. And especially now with the pandemic, with COVID, there's a lot of chiropractors that are like edgy, ready to fight anybody. They're in their reptilian brain. And, and if you are in your reptilian brain, um, this is just kind of a little bit of a wake up call just to go, hey, like, uh, what is this? There's a ripple effect of being in your reptilian brain. And mm-hmm. to understand what that is. So the third thing that we wanted to cover really briefly was the salutogenic framework. And this is a framework of care. It's, it's an approach, I guess, that I guess we would call it, to human health 
that really um, examines the factors that contribute to the promotion uh, and maintenance of physical and emotional health versus looking at uh, an emphasis on disease prevention. So health promotion versus disease prevention. And P.S., health promotion is not the same as health education. So if you think you're a chiropractor who's doing health promotion, who's just doing patient education, I hate to break it to you, that is not health promotion in this framework. Um, so that's a bit confusing. That's a call for another day. But it back to why I said what I said before about why that's not health promotion alone. Not that it's not important, but it's not health promotion. It's, it's health education. So the emphasis in the salutogenic framework, though, is on a person's resources and their capacities and their strengths. So rather than looking at somebody's weaknesses, right? So where they're vulnerable per se, we look at what are their assets and what are their internal resources and their motivation um, really to, to move them along this spectrum towards uh, coping better. And really they look specifically at coping skills in stressful environments, which would be life, right? And those who have more um, solid internal resources the research has found, obviously, that they're able to make sense of what's going on for them. They're able to be more motivated, to be relational and autonomous in decision makings with their health practitioner. And obviously, they have better health outcomes. So the salutogenic framework is really not necessarily has anything to do with what somebody learns about chiropractic or learns about health. It actually has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what their internal resources and motivation are like and how a practitioner can help improve that. So it has nothing to do with them understanding the spine, the nervous system, conditions, pain, how the brain works, the, the vagal nerve, nothing to do with that. It has to do with, does the person even have the capacity, the internal capacity to move to a better coping strategy? Because that alone, even if they change nothing else, creates better health outcomes for people. So the salutogenic framework isn't about anything other than the person's internal resources more than anything. And understanding that health and well-being is not about actually their physical health alone. That the practitioner really looks at, and this is why it's linked to the polyvagal theory, the practitioner really looks at not just their internal resources, but their community that they have. And that are, is there an opportunity for that community to support them as well? Because we know that people with community, both at a biological level of regulation and at a sociological level of really overall health, that that's a really important factor for people to have better health outcomes. And there's no better example of that than the last year where we have isolated people from other humans just to look at what the health outcomes are and will be in the future because of that decision. And so that's really the focus for the salutogenic framework of care. Okay. So all three of them really um, are, are different, but they are all tied together. And the, the more you understand each framework or each approach, the more, I think, fluid and flexible you are working with your people, particularly now, because if you first see somebody and assume trauma, and by, by trauma, I'm talking about how I just explained trauma. Through that lens now, you now see why the nervous system is doing what it's doing. You can identify that state. And then through that, you can identify their coherence, their state of coherence through the salutogenic framework as to what would need to happen 
for them to continually be able to be moving in the right direction towards uh, more well-being in their life, not just physical, but overall well-being. That's how the three are married together. That's awesome. And just for people who are listening, if you wanted to, we have a little free mini course on our website. Uh, it's a three-hour mini course on the salutogenic practice at www.thevitalityship.com, which can give you a little bit more information, at least on the salutogenic part of it. So awesome. Uh, what would you like to leave everybody with? Thanks for joining us again. We're heading off to spin class, so we're going to go and rock it out. But uh, what- Well, that's a lot of information in a short period of time. But I would, I would, just, I would just encourage you to stay curious to keep digging in. Um, I don't believe anybody's ever set in their learning. If you look at us, I mean, we would have never been having this conversation before. If you live in Canada, September 11th, we just booked our first event, which is so exciting. Real Um, people in real life. If you live in Canada in a province that you can get in and out of, which unfortunately for the Maritimes, I don't know what September is going to look like for you, but the rest of Canada, um, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure internationally you won't be able to get in and out of Canada by then, but Canadians, uh, we booked an event in Calgary, Alberta, and specifically going to be on technique considerations and understanding the the traumatized body, in particular as it relates to what we call the panic pattern, anxiety, um, when the body basically keeps a memory of particularly over the last year, that all the things we're seeing in practice and some technique considerations for that. So I'll be reviewing a lot of these concepts. I'll be reviewing it as it relates to how we can communicate this with our people. And Dawn's going to be talking about the hands-on portion. So it's going to be an awesome day. Um, so if you live in Canada, that'll be a way to get to really dig in with a small group. I'm sure based on the interest now, it's going to sell out because we're going to keep it relatively small because it's hands-on. Um, but a registration will be up shortly on our website. So that'll be one way to, to get a hold of us. And as always, reach out to us, send us a message, send us a Facebook message, follow me on Facebook. I write about this often, even though not everybody seems that interested in it. I'm just going to keep talking about it until people become more interested. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, reach out if you need help from us. All right. And so, yeah, anybody out there, you got any questions about this? Just uh, ask you about either of us on Facebook because uh, we're in the future. We're going to dive deep into this stuff because I think this is totally the future of chiropractic. And I think it's something where uh, chiropractic can just thrive. So hope you guys enjoyed all that. And uh, until next time, shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Thank you.